So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, this one's gonna be about flow states. This one's gonna be about uh, the psychology of flow states uh, using Superman as an example, I think. At least the book is called The Rise of Superman, which is probably like a metaphor or just uh, some other thing. I don't know. It's probably not a metaphor or a metaphor or however you actually pronounce it. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Uh, we're just gonna go uh, and, and have a look at it, I know, because there's not gonna be an intro today, because it is quite unnecessary anyway, I know. And I also hope that my phone is not gonna turn itself off, which would be a big, fat bummer. The thing that I'm just noticing is that, uh, that the fucking audio is so bad. What could I do? Searching around for solutions, but I don't know. Should I just try to do it? No, I'm not gonna try. <laughs> I'm not gonna try and do it just somehow. But I'm gonna at least have this there, and that on the other hand. Oh. And I believe that this is already making it way better, and yes, it does. And yeah, we're just gonna have a look at it. And I'm just also gonna start reading. Let's push this away a bit. So, I think now it is fine. You know, now we can move on with the book, with the amazing book. Tomorrow I'm gonna have my first exam. I'm pretty excited, and I'm pretty looking forward to it, and... um. Just also looking forward to the whole experience, like what it is going to be like, you know, what is going to happen, you know, am I able to concentrate for six fucking straight hours straight? Yeah, I don't know, we're going to see, and I'm going to uh, talk about it tomorrow, I do hope that I'm going to be able to record something tomorrow, I guess so, but I should also kind of keep in mind that I'm not fucking Superman, because I've already as well, or once again, um, over the course of the last two weeks, I've been able to just do this two times now, and the second time, to overtrain. I think, at least, you know, which means that um, a little bit of headache thing and stuff like that, um, a little bit strange feeling and stuff and, and me noticing and my body saying to me like, well, maybe you should rest a little bit more. Maybe your physical um, or your body quite uh, just needs some rest and some recovery because you're fucking it over and over and over. Yeah. <laughs> so so I don't know, you know, I do actually have to do a second workout today, a really minor one, but I'm not quite sure if I should actually also do that, and because it might be one of the dumbest things I can do. It would only be biceps and triceps, but still, uh, I would actually like to do it. Anyway, The Rise of Superman by Stephen Kotler, the best book on getting a basic understanding of flow states and how to get there. Highly recommended since it's much more approachable than the landmark book Flow. Which is actually, I think, very scientific as far as I can remember, or at least um, not that easy, I guess. Many of Heim's subjects reported these profoundly altered states without being in actual jeopardy. They only thought they were in life. Uh, they only thought they were in life-threatening situations. This was a key detail. These experiences seemed mystical. If they only arose solely in their straits, then perhaps they really were commu. What commu? communics from beyond the beyond. Yet, if perception and psychology were the triggers, then the puzzle was more psychological than paranormal and that opened the door to considerably more interesting possibilities. Which just means, I guess, uh, apparently it is the case that we can get into flow states and by just doing some things and I'm looking forward to just knowing what these things are. The first was these experiences were profound. People were radically different on the other side, happier, more content, significantly more fulfilled, 
The results were undeniable. No matter the seemingly fantastic nature of the events, James was certain they produced changes that were undeniably psychological real. Secondly, high-risk adventures tended to amplify not only mental performance, but physical performance as well. And I do just, I don't know, want to quote-unquote point out maybe that, of course, if it is a high-risk adventure, if it is a high-risk thing, and maybe something that you have never ever done before, then then your body really just gets into a specific state. I do not actually necessarily want to talk about the flow state because this is clearly something different, but I rather think about like, I don't know, being indeed superhuman. I know being super duper strong just because of all the adrenaline that is in your body and all sorts of things. And um, it kind of also reminds me on Wim Hof and his breathing method, which I might actually be doing today because it actually helps really well with feeling better if you just are uh, pretty much fucked. And especially I do think because I've tried it out on the other occasion where I have been a little bit fucked because of just too much things, um, actually just too much training you know it's it's not necessarily because of all the other shit that i have to do but i think it is mainly because of the training um so i did it in bed for one or two cycles and it worked really fine i was able to sleep i was just feeling pretty great and so it might i think be a pretty valuable and um good thing to also do that today anyway it reminds me of it because it is also about adrenaline it is also about just pushing your body full with adrenaline and um, which is just then going to help, as far as I remember. I'm not quite sure. Just uh, take it with a grain of salt. Most people live in a very restricted circle of their potential being. They make use of a very small portion of their possible consciousness and of their soul's resources in general, much like a man who, out of his whole organism, should get into a habit of using and moving only his little finger. Great emergencies and crises, or crises, show us how much greater our vile resources are than we had supposed. We indeed are fucking strong. We all are fucking strong, whether you're just really in good shape or whatnot. If if we are in just really fucked up situations, we can fucking perform on such a high level. It is insane what we are capable of doing, you know. So the question, question then is how to get into this specific state uh, without uh, having to be in a life-threatening situation. <laughs> <laughs> Quite. Fatigue gets worse up to a certain critical point when gradually or suddenly it passes away and we are fresher than before. We have evidently or evidently tapped a level of new energy masked until uh, then by the fatigue obstacle usually obeyed. There may be layer after layer of this experience. A third and a fourth wind may supervene. Mental activity shows the phenomenon, as well as physical, and in exceptional cases, we may find beyond the very extremity of fatigue, distress, amounts of ease and power that we never dreamed ourselves to own, resources of strength, habitually not taxed at all, because habitually we never push through the obstruction, never pass those early critical points. Which, I guess, and I do really want to point it out, um, I don't know if you should try it without supervision stuff. I mean, working out and, and just really going past failure and really pushing yourself hard, like you can really fucking injure yourself, you can really fuck your whole entire body, which is um, just entirely not advisable. So please just have a look at it and please just be clear of the fact that it might just not be a good idea. But I think we're just going to go ahead and see what he's talking about. 
In fact, when uh, something, it's a person's name, but I'm not able to pronounce it, dove deeper into the data, he discovered that the happiest people on earth, the ones who felt their lives had the most meaning, were those who had the most peak experiences. 10 core components which indicate the flow state. And a lot of them you're probably going to know. Um, by the way, I do, I think, should point out that the flow state is a specific state you're in, in which you're performing on a really incredibly high level. Um, but yeah, I think by pointing out these components, you, you'll just also know some occasions in your life or of your life where you have also been in such an amazing state. And by the way, you should check out something. And it might be super, oh, oh, I'm fine. I'm super fine. The first one is clear goals. The second, concentration. The third, a loss of self-consciousness. This might be familiar to you. Uh, the fourth one, a distorted sense of time. Do you know just being or doing something and you just completely, uh, yeah, you know, you, you don't know what time it is. You never know what time it is and time passes like fire. This is, uh, you know, what he's referring to. Direct and immediate feedback, balance between ability level and challenge, a sense of personal control over the situation, intrinsically rewarding so action is effortless, lack of awareness of bodily needs, you know, forgetting to eat something, forgetting to take a piss, all of these great things. And the tenth and last one is absorption, narrowing of awareness down to the activity. Yeah, not just knowing anything, not just um, having in mind anything. Now consider what these abuse drugs do. The primary illicit drug of choice is marijuana, or, yeah, wheat, that triggers the release of anandamide, or anandamide, or something. Antidepressants are some combination of dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin. Tobacco and ADHD drugs affect dopamine and norepinephrine, and prescription drugs of abuse are opioids like oxycontin meaning they affect the endorphin system. In other words, Americans are literally killing themselves trying to achieve artificially the same sensation that flow produces naturally. I see, and yes indeed, uh, they are pretty fucked up drugs, I have to say. Psychologists describe flow as autotelect, uh, from the Greek auto, self, and telos, goal, when something is uh, autotelic, for example, produces, i.e. produces the flow high, it is its own reward. I see. Uh, as we'll explore in depth in part two of this book, the state shows up most reliably when we are using our skills to the utmost. It requires challenge. Technology offers even more examples. Video game players get into a flow so frequently that, the name again, idea have become the most widely accepted theoretical framework for explaining the lure of the joystick. Studies have shown that the amount of flow generated by a video game directly correlates to everything from player engagement to overall product success. And I think, I mean, I don't know, if you play games, everything passes so fucking quickly and you really indeed forget about just pissing and drinking and everything else. Like, it is insane. The funny thing is, if actually, because I just remember it, which is... Uh, uh, insane quite but a buddy of mine and and it's been some time ago when we've been talking about that but he said that uh, that he was able to just lose weight because he was playing just video games all day long and he just has forgotten about eating something which you know which can be true for some people or quite a lot of people but which could also just completely be the opposite you know when when you're just um, I don't know mindlessly eating something while you're playing then you're probably gonna get really heavy and fat quite so there is always two sides of the coin, isn't there? Or two sides to a coin. Hacking flow. Now this is what I'm 
willing to know and understand and get to know. Take external triggers, uh, our starting point. These are qualities in the environment that drive people deeper into the zone. As flow requires focus, one of the first changes suggested by experts was the removal of cubicle farms, those open office plans that permit constant interruption. Studies have shown that each time a flow state is disrupted, it takes 15 minutes to get back into flow if you can't get back at all. If you're interested in mastery, says University of Cambridge, England, neuropsychologist Barbara Shahakian, you have to learn this lesson. To really achieve anything, you have to be able to tolerate and enjoy risk. It has to become a challenge to look forward to. In all fields, to make exceptional discoveries, you need risk, and you're just never going to take a break or have a breakthrough without it. A shy man uh, need only cross the room to say hello to an attractive woman to trigger his rush, or this rush. And the average person, you and me, must be willing to fail, look foolish and fall flat uh, on our faces should we wish to enter this state. Certainly, risk is needed for flow, but if you don't want to take physical risks, take mental risks. Take social risks, emotional risks, creative risks, especially creative risks. A rich environment is a combination platter of novelty, unpredictability and complexity. Three elements that catch and hold our attention, much like risk. Yeah, I think uh, actually a lot of pretty interesting points and pretty cool points. Something that I have seen is risk. Uh, occurring relatively often, I think. Um, the thing is, because, you know, as I've been reading, like, creative risk, like, I thought, well, what do I mean? What is creative risk? And I thought, when you do something that you have never done before, if you do something, for example, I mean, if you do something that you ha have done before, but you're doing it in a way that you have never been doing before, or you're doing it in a way that you have never been doing it in before, which means, for example... When I'm designing something and I just tried something completely new, then I have to figure out how to do that. And I indeed, just because I'm remembering it, I indeed get in such a state, you know, in such a state where I just am really focused and working on it until I just kind of get out of it because, I don't know, I, the challenge is too high or too big. As they have also pointed out, like, there must be a really good balance between too much challenge and too little challenge. So it should be challenging, but you shouldn't break by doing that. Quite simply, 300 feet underwater, there is no way to be elsewhere. When she says, it is really important to not let myself get consumed, she means when diving, not thinking about a future where she could run out of air or the past where a poor decision made her use up too much air is survival. Which is kind of um, strange in terms of like uh, um, um, uh, fearful, you know, it's, 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 it's strange. Well, anyway. Study after study shows that we are terrible multitaskers, but trying to improve performance by being everywhere and everywhere, we end up nowhere and never. Again the name, identified clear goals, immediate feedback and the challenge skill ratio as the three most crucial or critical factors. So let's take a closer look. Applying this idea in our daily life means breaking tasks into bit-sized chunks and setting goals accordingly. A writer, for example, is better off trying to pen three great paragraphs at a time, the equivalent of moving through Mandy Ray's kick cycles, rather than attempting one great chapter. Think challenging, yet manageable. Just enough simulation to shortcut attention into the now, not enough stress to pull you back out again. Flow appears near the emotional midpoint between boredom and anxiety in what science calls the flow channel. The spot where the task is hard enough to make us stretch, but not hard enough to make us snap. So how hard is that? Answers vary, but the general thinking is about 
That's it. That's the sweet spot. If you want to trigger flow, the challenge should be 4% greater than the skills. The question now is, how do you determine whether this 4% or 5%? The ability to learn faster than your competitors is the only sustainable competitive advantage. Quite. So, being in a flow state? Hmm, uh, good idea. The US military trains snipers in flow twice as fast as normal. McKinsey established that, ex that executives in flow are five times more effective than their steady state peers. This is exactly what 150 years of flow, flow research has revealed. This is what the recent revolution in action and adventures sports clearly demonstrates. Flowing brings out the very best in us and for certain it is the very best we'll need to create a world of abundance. Do we really want to create a world of abundance? I'm not quite sure of that. Um, but since we're having some time left, how to get into flow? And I feel like my back is kind of breaking or something. Choose work you love. Choose an important task. Make sure it's challenging but not too hard. Find your quiet and peak time. Clear away distractions. Learn to focus on that task for as long as possible. Not that, that, that not what I'm searching for. How to reach flows that using 10 flow state triggers. Uploaded by TED onto or to Medium. I didn't know that there, or just apparently also not. And yeah, I can't read it. Yeah, fuck you. Pisses me off. The flow state, how to enter your brain's most productive state. College info geek. Let's just have a look. I just want to have a list. No, 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 no. I want to have a list. A very why flow matters, how to achieve flow. Make sure you aren't hungry. Good idea. Hunger will kill flow. Cut out distractions, even though I do have to point out, which is something that's pretty interesting. If I am in my uh, fasting period, which is from around uh, 6 to 7 to 8 p.m. on the uh, the day before till, yes, 11.30, 12 a.m., uh, or 12 p.m. actually then, or 1 p.m., sometimes even 2 p.m. I know it just really depends, but I'm just normally trying to really be uh, 16 hours in a fasted state. And in this time, I'm actually very productive. Even though I do sometimes just then work out, which might not be the most efficient way of using my time, kind of. But yeah, use the Pomodoro technique, which is 25 minutes of doing something and 5 minutes of resting. Which I maybe should try out, like, I don't know. Don't multitask. Get enough high-quality sleep. Five situations to cultivate flow as a student. First of all, in class. Is there, like, exam studying and homework? No. It's easy to study in a distracted, detached manner. The class classic study method of reading through the lecture slides in preparation for an exam, for example, is neither an effective study method nor anything close to the flow activity. Creating and studying flashcards, on the other hand, can induce an intense state of flow. I'm not a big fan of cards. Also mentioned the name that I'm not able to pronounce. A key tip for making uh, boring assignments more enjoyable Gamification. Okay, he doesn't use the word, but he does describe how making a game out of a boring activity can make it easier to complete on page 222, apparently. For example, you can challenge yourself to see how many problems you can solve in a given amount of time, or when working on a paper, see how many words you can write within a time limit. Tests and exams. This is something that's interesting, because I'm gonna have an exam tomorrow. Tests and exams are a tricky use case for flow. On the other hand, you don't want to get so absorbed in the work that you lose track of time. 
After all, proper time management is key to making sure you finish tests and exams on time. Yes, indeed. On the other hand, it can be beneficial sometimes to get it lost in a test for a few moments. I found that when uh, taking exams that require short three response or longer essays, getting into the same kind of flow as when I write a longer essay is key to focusing intently enough to write something solid in the limited amount of time I have. I'm actually looking forward to writing stuff, Um, even though today I've seen that my German is awful, you know, because I thought, well, I'm going to just write my blog post today in German, you know, so that I can do something in German, but it's so shit. It's so shit. I kind of make mistakes that, I don't know, a five-year-old is making. Kind of. Which is a a pretty um, bad thing (laughs) for me. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, this is going to be the end of the episode. I do hope that I've been able to just share some things that are quite of just interest to you. I do notice today, which is something that I've also seen with overtraining, is that I'm not able to think right. I'm not able to speak and I'm also not able to read. Today's reading and speaking part was actually quite okay, even though I just really have to work hard because my brain says, like, mm, pain, yeah? But yeah, anyway, tomorrow is going to be good. I know that, um, unless I just fucked myself today once again. I have been working out today once, uh, but as I said, like, there's a second workout that I should be doing or feel like I, I want to be doing. It's, it's not long, it's like 15 minutes or something, but yeah, I'll see. Anyway, I wish you the best health of happiness and also success and also hope that you're going to remind us of a new going to be remembered, which basically means your legacy and basically means just being a nice person and then also being remembered as a nice person, which is a good thing. Three other questions that I'm having for you are, why are you here? What are you trying to change and what is bothering you the most? These three questions are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even a business idea, which is a good thing. You know, you, um, um, anyway. Any, any, anyway, uh, another question that I'm, or, well, three questions that I'm having for you are, why are you here, what are you trying to change, and what is bothering you the most, these three questions, hopefully going to show you your purpose, and maybe in a business idea, I don't know if I've already said that, but another question that I'm having for you are, or is, what could you do, what could you make that really makes somebody's day, and yeah, with that being said, I'm hopefully going to see you the next time, and now I'm going to have to record the next episode, uh, it's going to be a little bit difficult, I guess, but yeah, we will see And thank you very much. I just appreciate all the things. So bye-bye. Stay healthy, by the way, and, and, and cool and everything.